to the Midnight Hour. I'm MJ, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, Steven. Very handsome. <laughs> Says only me and maybe your mom. It I just <laughs> <won't>. I'm just <laughs> kidding. All right. <laughs> um, Garbage. Garbage person. I am very comfortable right now because we're recording in this new way where I get to lay down on the couch. Yeah. I have a microphone in my hand like I'm eating some corn. You are holding it like you're eating corn. How am I holding this? <laughs> you're holding it like I'm gonna croon, like sing a sing a song. <laughs> Hello. Who's the crooner? Elvis, right? Elvis is the crooner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're using a different recording tool. We're using a mobile recorder, which I realize now I didn't put new batteries in. Oh joy! Uh, we still have two of our three battery bars. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope it lasts at least an hour. If there's ever, if there's a weird cut in the middle of this, <laughs> that you'll know why. Yeah, if, if like our conversation seems to like hit a dead end and then it starts again, it's because the batteries ran out and I ran and got new batteries and put the batteries. Or we're in. just really bad at our job. This isn't my job. This isn't the job. No, this is this is pleasure, pure pleasure. And we're spending it with you, insomniacs. So, Stephen, do you want to introduce that song to us as oh, we normally yeah. do? Uh, I played Dead Kennedys, Let's Lynch the Landlord. That's, that was really hard to say on this couch. Let's let's lin- lynch the landlord. Oh, there's a lo- that's an alliteration, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you notice by my intro, I started with an A-yo. So, we're going to open this on a sad note. And that's because um, one of your... What I... He's not an idol of yours, right? No, I I don't know. Someone I that you liked. Yeah, somebody that up. I somebody that I had the action figure of. <laughs> um, Scott Hall, Scott aka Hall, Razor, Razor Ramon. Ramon, aka didn't he have another name? I mean, the Diamond Stud. <laughs> um, Most yeah. people aren't going that far back to like his his pre Razor Ramon WCW days. So that's that's he's only AWA been Razor days. really Razor Ramon and Scott Hall. Yeah. Okay. He was Razor Ramon, uh, obviously, during the early 90s, during his rise to Intercontinental title and popularizing the ladder match in modern-day wrestling, which was matching at Shawn Michaels, uh, to unify the Intercontinental Championship. And then, of course, uh, he went over to WCW and formed the NWO. He was the first person that jumped over for that. Um, yeah, overall, uh, one of the people that probably created the idea of a cool bad guy in pro wrestling well if you didn't know what we were talking about first of all we're talking about a pro wrestler everybody knows scott hall razor ramon i don't know if everybody knows i didn't know until like what five years ago when you made me watch all of the attitude era Yeah, but you're very sheltered i am not sheltered okay i remember the kids telling me to suck it mm-hmm. i'm like excuse me child you should be not telling people uh, you know that you know things. the too sweet hand sign yeah people would do that that was that was scott hall well we're mentioning we're mentioning him because he passed away this week yes um he was going in for a hip surgery Mm -hmm. that's correct Mm -hmm. and then there was a blood clot that moved during the surgery did he ever wake up from his surgery i don't think so okay i think from from that uh surgery he had three heart attacks after the blood clot moved Jeez. and then he was in a he was on life support in a coma and that was it. That's so sad and tragic. Um, he's you go into surgery thinking that you're like, oh, I'm gonna be a new person after this, and then not waking up after. So he was on life support, mm-hmm. and then um, they pulled him off of that, mm-hmm. and so he's he passed away. Hell of a story with Scott Hall. He uh, he started his uh, like one of the 
most, I guess, transformative moments of his life. He was working as a bouncer at a club, I want to say, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got into a fight with somebody who had, I think they had a knife or a gun on them. And they tried, like, obviously fighting with it. And Scott managed to turn the weapon back on them and uh, killed the guy. Oh. So he had been living with that, like, he obviously didn't, like, intend on killing this person, but he was a bouncer, and this person was trying to, like, do bad things. Mm-hmm. And he had to live with the the, the knowledge and, like, the memory of, of killing somebody, which probably led to a lot of his... Uh, drug use. Drug use and alcoholism. Plus all the, the pain that comes with wrestling. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he had demons that he needed to slay. Bret Hart, famous, famous Bret Hart. Uh, best there is, best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, he had a post on Instagram or something after Scott died about like wondering how many of his friends would still be alive if they didn't have to wrestle 300 days a year during the major grind. Like mm-hmm. the, the pain that that puts on your body, um, the amount that you have to like self-medicate when you're on the road, especially when you're like falling down 300 days a year on your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough, a tough life, tough industry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up with wrestling. Like I said, it was always or like at the height. I mean, I saw the commercials. I saw the kids, you know, and the clothes that they were wearing. Um, but he was, when you started introducing me to this, mm-hmm. like I said, like five years ago, he was, I think, the very first wrestler, wrestler that I saw. Yeah. And saw wrestle, and he came out, and he had the curly hair and the tan and the thing, the toothpick toothpick in his mouth and big muscly hairy dude mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just Machismo. comes up like and i remember him i don't remember the match yeah but i remember him specifically um and so when you told me that i was sad about it because you know i i don't have that long of a nostalgia for him but right. it's there he he was definitely a uh an important figure in wrestling uh like i said without him i don't think we would have really it's really easy to say without him, we wouldn't have had the 90s boom of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of like, some people might say that's overstating it, but the whole popularity of 90s wrestling was kind of bad guys or anti-heroes that looked cool. And like, contemporary cool. Like, wrestling was always uh, comic book type characters or people who weren't really cool, but kids could like them. But Scott Hall was really something like, oh, teenagers could like this. And that's what 90s pro wrestling was. It's teenagers liking it. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Scott Hall. You'll live on. Steven has your uh, NWO shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't have the action figure anymore. I think it's at my parents' house. Well, uh, I mean, you still have it. You just don't have it in possession. Yeah. Moving on. Um, he's not a wrestler, but I feel like wrestling and professional fighting are not that far apart from one another. Ah, okay. I know where you're going with this. So I wanted to talk about, like, the Cain Velasquez situation. Because okay. I only heard a little bit about it. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you more and see if you know and what you feel, like, ethically, where the, where you stand on that situation. Mm-hmm. So do you mind telling everybody what that was about? Sure. So former UFC heavyweight champion of the world and uh, part-time luchador Cain Velasquez. I'm sorry. Luchador? Yeah, he's had a couple of luchador matches. Wait, a luchador is the the bullfighter? What? No. Oh, <laughs> what's a luchador? Wrestler. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just he's kidding. been he's been in a couple. He's wrestled in Triple A. Matador. That's Matador, what I'm confusing yes. it with. Um, he so he 
this is gonna sound really stupid. He rolls with a bad crowd. <laughs> uh, came oh yeah, but he's a bad boy. Well, not necessarily. He's just he's he still hangs Where's out he with from? the people San Jose. Ah. He still hangs out with the people that he grew up with, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and he didn't grow up with you know the the good influences. Good influences, or he, he grew up with people that are kind of trapped in a system of uh, violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he and his friends, you know, they carry guns with them and stuff. Uh, and I so mean, this, this is America. Yeah. Uh, so the situation that unfolded, um, he, there was a person who, uh, what's the best way to put this? Uh, it is believed that somebody sexually assaulted or molested a minor in Kane Velasquez's family. Yes. And so that's what I've heard. Cain Velasquez then took it upon himself to get justice and shot this person. They lived. Oh, they lived. Okay. Yes. Um, but he is in jail for attempted murder. Um, so it's it's interesting. I've heard a lot of people talk about this. And my my opinion, I, I'm very anti-prison. Uh, yes. Anti-jail. Uh, I don't think it, it does anybody any good. When you look at the statistics that come out of repeat offenders and the fact that we're not uh, rehabilitating anybody and that's the purpose of prison, it's there for slave labor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when you look at the way that – what's the number one thing that people always say when you mention, like, pedophiles or sexual predators? If that happened in my family, we wouldn't need the cops. I would take them out. Like, Oh, this yeah, is everybody always threatens to right. kill. Right, and this is, this is something that's, like – He actually just Popularized, right. Popularized. Yeah, it, th- this is the the like popular uh, thread is that like. I oh, mean, if I if that, something happened to me when I was younger, I could imagine my dad wanting to kill that person, wanting to, and maybe even doing it. Right, right, and so this is like a a common narrative, I would say, mm-hmm. in in American society and, and pop culture that like, oh, pedophiles deserve to be killed on sight. Um, and now I'm not going to dive into if they should be or not, like, whatever, that's not the point. point is, Cain Velasquez is now in jail for something that he did shoot somebody, he did try to kill somebody. I don't know, I... I told you, it's a moral dilemma, because, like, do you... Should he have taken it in his own hands to do that? I mean, I'm sure he has a distrust in <laughs> in the, the justice, justice system, system, yes. Yeah. 100%, as he should... But should he have done? It, does he still have a career? Like, did he was he still fighting at the time, or? Well, not fighting, no. But he's he's transitioned into pro wrestling. Oh, he is. Oh, there you go. He is a pro yeah, wrestler. That's why then. I said he's a part time luchador. Oh he's yeah, but I didn't. I haven't seen him in anything. Maybe that's why. I yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's. You don't fault him for doing it. I, do I not fault him? I don't. It's it is his fault. He <laughs> did do this, but like. But motives. I think he is a victim of American culture, mm-hmm. and and uh, <laughs> it's easy to say toxic masculinity, but I think like there is also pressure that like if as a man in America, if I had a let's let's say my niece or one of my nephews got sexually assaulted by somebody, uh, it would be like, oh, you're gonna let them do that. You're not going to do anything about this? Mm-hmm. Like, there is pressure to, like, at least confront them or fight them. And if you don't do it, like, you're almost tacitly uh, endorsing their actions. And that's definitely not the case either. Yeah, well, we as women are there 
we're meant to comfort mm-hmm. and um, cry with right. and provide solace to somebody in that situation. So, yeah, right. I see the difference for sure. Yeah, it's definitely not a matter of like. So shooting somebody for, let's say, you know, whatever uh, fighting thing that you're doing or the crowd that you're hanging out with versus somebody molesting, hurting a family member of yours and shooting them. Difference, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, think of it, it's not even just molesting like minors and stuff. If uh, if you got raped, there would be s- an expectation for me and I would yeah, have well, the urge well, yeah. to do something about it. I that. mean, I would not want you to. Sure. Um, I'm not going to be like, yeah, go get him. But especially if the person was like, not a family friend, but like somebody around us, somebody that we knew, like there would be uh, an urge to, to do something and, and get that taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, if he's going to stay in prison, get convicted. It is attempted murder, not mm-hmm. murder, mm-hmm. murder. So I'm sure there's, you know, some um, way out of that. Right. All right, let's move on from some, like, the sad things that we've been talking about. And we're, we're, I'm sorry to open up with somebody dying and somebody getting shot and right. going to prison. Right. Um, so we're going to move on. Um, how about them gas prices? <laughs> yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> from one depressing thing to another? They're expensive, and they're they're mostly expensive because of... How much is the gas down the street? Almost... Almost $6. Almost $6. Yeah, a gallon. And once again, nobody buys a gallon of gas. Yeah. I mean, back in the day when we were like broke, broke, and we're like, okay, we can only put five dollars. <laughs> yeah, we only have ten dollars oh, to put in the tank. This will give me enough gas to go to work. And you know, there are people still out there with oh that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. like, they literally are only buying uh, one gallon. Yeah, gallon at a time. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. What else do you want me to say about it? It's fixed pricing, so like the gas companies can charge what they want. It's really not grounded in any sort of reality you can say oh this is because we're no longer buying russian oil we still have a shit ton of oil this has nothing to do with that yeah uh, we have our own oil reserves don't we yeah they're using it as an excuse to jack up the prices because that's what they've always done and that's what they will always do. and are they trying to make up for the money lost with during the pandemic which we are still in mm-hmm. um th- i mean making these last two years where people weren't on the road as much sure yeah and, the, and, I and they're like, they seize this opportunity, like, oh, we're in war now? Right. War is always an opportunity. And right. something I want to stress here, like, I'm not going to get into opinions on Russia and Ukraine and, and all that, because there's, the I think the one opinion that everybody can agree on, or should agree on, is that uh, war is bad, <laughs> and we should not, well, I would say I everybody agrees like that we should be war. I whenever there's a crisis of some sort in American history, the it's always like, oh, it's wartime. War will either distract us Well, the term is manufactured consent, and that's what they're trying to do. Even things like this where they jack up the, the gas prices, what they're trying to do, and this is the same thing we did after 9-11, but to a different degree, it's like you make people feel uncomfortable with their status at home. So gas is expensive, uh, food scarcity, or whatever it is. And it's like, well, you know what? We'll fix this. If we join the war effort. And the one thing I mentioned to you is you can't trust anything that any news media says. This sounds paranoid, but it is true (laughs) when it comes to reporting statistics of war. You can only really get a good idea of what's happened after the fact. 
So when you look at like how many people died in this bombing, or like oh this person killed, yeah, this but many even people, then now, like a hundred years later, people are still changing things up. Sure, sure, but like you can get a better understanding because you can look at like cross reference. Like you can't ever look at something about how many people died yesterday on each side because it's going to be. We're also dealing with two Eastern, two Soviet bloc countries who are famous in propaganda and lying, both of them. So they're going to inflate things. They're going to. They're using it to spin a narrative for propaganda's sake, and then we're of course going to also spin our own propaganda. So just be careful what you hear. Uh, but we're also America's famous for doing things like uh, letting people die in order to get ourselves into a conflict that will benefit us financially or even a few people. So if we do get into the conflict, number one, it would be horrible. There's a huge risk that a lot of people will die, uh, and number two. Keep an eye out for what happens that gets us into that conflict. Like, oh, there's a bombing on the border of Poland. Hmm. What do those people who did the bombing look like? Are they actually Russians? Are they maybe people posing as Russians? I don't want to go with more, you know, conspiracy theory-minded things, but we've done things like that in the past. Is there information that we had that could have prevented that, that we maybe neglected or allowed something to happen to get us into a conflict? Uh, so gas prices? Gas prices are <laughs> making people feel uncomfortable. And what's the narrative around the gas prices? Oh, it's because of Russia. So we need to we need to take them out and gas prices will go back to normal. I thought most of our gas came from like the Middle East or it changes depending on who our enemy is, right? Right. Like I didn't I didn't think we had that. We're the number one buyer of Russian oil. Okay. In the world. Okay. Which is crazy because I've always felt like Russia's always been like almost an enemy. Uh they're they're an enemy when it's convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same yeah. thing for China too. Like, oh yeah, how much of our goods are made in China, and yet whatever. It's something I want to make clear, there. by the way. Also, China and Russia—they haven't been communist in years. They are full-blown like oligarch capitalist countries. Like that's just what they are. So don't don't let that narrative get spun either. I haven't really heard communism thrown around when no. in this particular. That's conflict. but that's the that's the undertone. Like when people say. Um, it's yeah it, that's that's the underpinning of anytime russia's mentioned it's scary russia communist um which are, i think a lot of people don't even know what that means they don't they don't they know that as like enemy of america yeah, yeah that's all that's all they know uh something else to point out and this is the last thing i'll say about the the russia ukraine thing uh, i won't talk about the nazis and all that stuff yeah. <laughs> um, but you'll just mention them but i will touch on the white supremacy of it all and the fact that uh one narrative that you'll see in American news media and just anybody talking about this war is how could this happen in Europe? Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of If that. you ever hear somebody say like... Don't a lot of, most of the wars happen in Europe. Not really. But like, can you imagine... Can you believe this is happening in Europe? Yeah, 100 years war. And there, were, there was this thing about... Revolutions. Like, there was this uh, propaganda thing going around on, on Twitter of like somebody posing with the Eiffel Tower and then bombs go off. It's like... What would you do if another Did European they? city got attacked? And it's like, what, what happened this to means? the beaches at Normandy? Well, it's talking about no. <laughs> what this is talking about is, can you believe that white people are doing this to each other? Yes. That's what that means. Yes. <laughs> because we're doing the exact. Saudi Arabia has been bombing Yemen with our money and our bombs that we're giving them for since Obama. Mm-hmm. So three different presidents. And we've been endorsing their destruction of Yemen, but it doesn't matter, and it's not in the news. This is, w- 
what Saudi Arabia is doing to Yemen is the same thing Russia is doing to Ukraine. And we're funding essentially the Russian side in that bombing campaign. But nobody talks about it because it doesn't matter because they're brown. That's it. Mm -hmm. They're not, they don't look like the people in power, so it doesn't need to get discussed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't, don't get too caught up in Russia, Ukraine stuff because guess what? It doesn't fucking matter to you. Yeah, you live in the United States. What do you have to do with Ukraine or Russia? People are getting bombed or dying. I think people care about that. But what? Care they about don't Yemen. want that to happen. Care about care about the one that we're actually involved in, which is Yemen. I have, yeah, I I have no I have no um, opinions on it except that war is bad and yeah. we should stop. Yeah, we should especially <laughs> stop the ones that we are involved in. Yeah, which I is mean Yemen. that's where we have control over. Right. We could we could literally just stop giving bombs to the people bombing people. Yeah, that would be that would make sense, wouldn't right? it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, you have positive things to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we went to New York like last week or two weeks ago where we saw the 9-11 um, <laughs> <God damn laughs> memorial. Yeah, we were in New York we for were in a New York. long time. We were there for eight freaking days. I felt, I felt like we should just live there at that point. Right, and I'm probably going to have to go back soon probably next month yeah you don't want to come with me that time i don't want to come with you i mean i i like i i had so much fun this trip more fun this is my third time going mm-hmm. and it's been the most fun that i've had that's good yeah but it was also the longest time that i've been away um i came back blonde yeah same. i got my hair did um with the the cool asian salon mm. with their like chunky balenciaga shoes and they're like the hip place. Yes, they're the one they have to book the they're appointment on Instagram. They're colored hair, yeah. and you know, um, they speak English, but there was a lot of um, there of a lot of Mandarin being spoken, or yeah. So that was fun. I ate a lot of good food. Yeah, we ate a lot of good Korean food. I, there was nothing that we ate that wasn't good. Not that I can. I feel like you were disappointed in the pizza. Yeah, because it was. We that thing was huge, but that thing was huge. Right. We had it delivered, and it was all messed up in the box. It still tasted fine, but, like, <laughs> like you want to go to the place, get the pizza. But we were tired. It was, like, our first Yeah, I mean, we did, deli- we o- did order delivery quite a few times. But yeah. the good thing about New York is, like, you're in the middle of everything. I mean, we stayed right. downtown, but just around next to us was a diner. Next to that was a restaurant. Next mm-hmm. to that was, a like, a bodega. Next to that was another restaurant. Yeah. So it, you're not – there's no shortage of – food at all right and like we don't need to go on and on about <laughs> isn't new york great about like, just talking between each other uh but it is a very what i love about it is that it's a walkable city yeah and i think that that gets uh understated like we're, we're in the san francisco bay area and like we recently after we got back we went to san francisco uh and it's not and as we did the bat. We were like comparing it, which is so bad. We should have done that. But I guess you can't help it when you're in one city and yeah, and in another. It just I think the thing with San Francisco is that it's deteriorated so much. Like there, there are two, there are three different San Franciscos, right? There is the tenderloin type of San Francisco. There's the San Francisco that is very dirty. There's a lot of. Uh, Crime, uh, wasted humanity, drugs. Uh, like, uh, yeah, just like, like it's not a fun place to be around. Yeah. Um, and then there is the 
tech bro part of San Francisco, which is also not fun to be around. <laughs> uh, but at least it's kind of cleaner. Although yeah. you get a lot of the bleed over of people that are like destitute and they they can't afford to live anywhere, so they have to live on the streets and they get kind of pushed out and they get uh, neglected a lot in the city. And then there is still some parts of San Francisco, few and far between, that are still true to san francisco mm-hmm. like there are places where there's some nice restaurants and not like nice restaurants but good food hole in the walls yeah um and there's places you can walk around mm-hmm. and like sunset area and, and and those types of places where it feels like a distinct unique city mm-hmm. um but where where we were when we were in san francisco it was just like not fun to be at. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a good place yeah it's it's depressing to walk around in and i mean I, i'll be honest in new york 2020 versus 2022, um, it w- I noticed it was a lot dirtier than it was. Yeah, it's dirtier, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's dirtier Definitely in more a homeless, way. Not, not San Francisco homeless people, no. but there's definitely more homeless people. Um, and so, you know, like, I, I could see uh, how the pande- how the pandemic uh, affected the city two yeah. years later. I feel like in New York... The homeless people, and th- this is obviously not true for everywhere in New York. New York is a, a very big city, um, but like, I feel like it's easier to live as a homeless person in New York. It's colder for sure, mm-hmm. but I think there's more scarcity in San Francisco. You're, I think, as a homeless person in San Francisco, you're you're bound to get treated with less respect in a weird way. Like, I think somebody in New York that's homeless can like get food. Mm. It's also cheaper to get, like... Oh, yeah, their food is... Yeah. They have really expensive food in New York, but you can also get, like, a slice of really good pizza for, like, a dollar. You can't get that in San Francisco anymore. No, and, like, even the, like, the sandwich and... A sandwich that's less... That's, like, five bucks is... I was like, wow, you're not ten, fifteen dollars you know? Like, (laughs) that was amazing to me. Right. I think New York is a city in the true sense that they're... There is places for everybody in that city, where mm, San Francisco is very much like there is one type of person that can be here comfortably. I like, yeah, I, you know what? That's like spot on, like for sure. I see that. You describe the people of New York mm. versus San Francisco, or what they say about California, right. and the fact that they're what did you say? They're not nice, California but they're is, kind. Yeah, California is people are nice but not kind, mm-hmm. whereas in New York. They are kind but not nice. Yeah, and how you – when you mentioned that, I was like, you know, you're totally right. Right. I, I mean, you needed to explain, and I'd w- you know, I'd hope that you explain what you mean now. Sure. <laughs> so being kind – like somebody in New York will be – like at first glance, they might seem rude or abrupt or – Or even um, like just their accent itself when right, they talk they to s- you. They might yeah. seem aggressive, but mm-hmm. they're not interested in being nice. But if you need something or like they, they, will, they will help. Like yeah. They're very helpful people. Um, whereas in San Francisco and uh, like a lot of these people aren't from San Francisco, but they're same thing in New York, I guess. Yeah. 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 But the attitude in San Francisco is you smile, you'll help, like you'll smile, you'll be nice to somebody, but you won't help them do anything. You'll step over them. You'll walk on by. Um, like I think the key difference is if somebody is. If somebody's getting attacked on the street in New York, I think people will help. If somebody's getting attacked in the street in San Francisco, they will leave. Wait, <laughs> they'll whip out their phone. They'll be like, "Oh, that's horrible." And I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tweet about this. Yeah, and that's I think yeah. that's the key difference. And I, 
I, I mean, I don't know if I would go like that far, but what you're saying as a Californian, I would just, I think in the exterior, mm-hmm. I look nice, right? And I am, I am a nice person. Sure. If somebody doesn't need help, I will help, right? But I, if I do see something, I, I would just walk past it. Right. I would, you know, I wouldn't clean it up. I would leave. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's like in New York, somebody will jump in if you're getting beat up and like help you not get beat up anymore and then they'll leave whereas in San Francisco <laughs> they'll wait until the fight is over and then they'll come over and say are you okay uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's like one is very much a performative like what being nice makes you feel good being kind makes other people feel good yeah 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 I like how you put that mm. it, it, and it made total sense too because I was I was thinking that New Yorkers get a bad rap for being like rude or yeah. but they were actually they were actually really nice this time around yeah. you know so um, it's how I felt about the French people too. I thought they were actually pretty nice. I think it's th- I think it's very similar, and it it is because like they are kind. If you are in need of help, they will help. But like they're not interested in saying like pretty words to make the situation feel good mm-hmm. kind of thing. They're just like, you know, what do you want? What are you here for? That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's it's like Paris is a very comp- and I think that was when we went to to Europe. It was. London is a very San Francisco feeling city. Yes. And Paris is a very New York feeling city. And it's like London feels very exclusionary. Where like once again they're like it's yeah, it's I currently I've fit read for that it's really hard to make friends here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um and I and I could see that. Which is like it, which is crazy because I was working when I was in New York, that's why we were there. Um and like I wouldn't say I made friends with, but like the vendors and contractors that were doing like cabling work except for the the internet (laughs) we won't get into that won't get into that that was horrible (laughs) i felt like you were gonna cry i was going to quit (laughs) i was going to like i was going to just be like i'm done i can't i'm not doing it anymore like we really were texting about murdering someone (laughs) (laughs) but like but the the people that were just like doing cabling i would just like talk with them casually and it was like once again they weren't like friendly necessarily they were friendly but they weren't like they oh, were how's like, your day? Oh yeah, exactly. Sunshine and flowers and it Mr. Was just Rogers. Like, this guy's fucking problem. I know, right? What's this guy's <laughs> fucking problem? And then like we connected over things like that. And, yeah. Like, it was it was very easy to talk to them because it felt like it was a legitimate conversation. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah it's not. How's the weather? Right. God, there's so much. How's the weather? Conversation. How's your weekend? Do anything fun? Happy Friday. Oh God. <gasps> I'm totally guilty of saying Happy Friday. I said that like at least three times today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was our trip to New York. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't want to go with you this time, but maybe in another two years, I'll want to go back. Sure. Maybe in the summer when I have to touch up my hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you did mention when we came back from New York, we went to San Francisco. We mm-hmm. walked around. We saw the homeless people. We saw all that. But we went there for a specific reason. And that's because we went to go see The Cursed Child. Harry Potter and The Cursed Child. Millennials wet dream. <laughs> Which you are, and I am. Millennials, they get to see Harry Potter. Which I is mean, what the they love. has been around for a while. They get to expand their lore, which you've heard me talk about how millennials love lore. Yes. And they also get to do, uh, it's the, the shot of luxury. Because they can't own oh, homes sh- or anything, so they uh, we get to go out. We get to go to the theater. The theater that's luxurious. Yeah. Yes, in San Francisco. Right, right. And so they get everything that a millennial wants. And 
I I have no complaints because I enjoyed the show. Um, if you haven't heard about the Cursed Child, it's on Broadway. It's in New York too, and then it's here in San Francisco. Mm. Um, and it's at the Current Theater. And we had these tickets actually back in January, which we were going to go for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got canceled because of COVID. And so we had to reschedule two months later. So we finally got to go. I was kind of worried that it would get rescheduled, but everyone's taking off their mask anyway. So I guess it doesn't matter. COVID's over, folks. Um, and it's a reimagining. So originally the show pre-COVID, there was two shows you had to go to. Mm. You had, there was like a two and a half hour part one and a two and a half hour part two and you had to buy them separately so (laughs) if i saw like the first part of the show and then didn't buy the second one i would never know what happens in the end or if you watch the end for some reason you have no idea how you got there you definitely need to like you couldn't watch one of them and not the other exactly and that's what that's like the cash cow for them like they're like yeah just trying to make more money off of it but this is a shorter show not which it definitely felt like it was five hours crammed into three (laughs) Well, they zoomed through the first part, mm-hmm. and like they were going through school, and he was like, first year, second year, third year. I was like, geez. It felt like I was watching a, a Baz Luhrmann movie. Right. It was like really hectic. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I There was like, it's not audience participation, but you definitely feel like you're a part of the show. Um, you didn't think so? When I like think when so. the whole room lit up and all the words, like spoiler alert, all the words sure. showed up on the... Or when Voldemort yeah, something something. They they used all of the, yeah they used the theater. Yeah, and they like looked out into the theater and. But it, was it like, wasn't oh, like interactive. <laughs> no, that's why I said it wasn't yeah. like uh, audience participation exactly, but you did feel kind of involved in the show. Present. And I got scared some parts. Of course. course because of the Dementors, and it was loud. You know I don't oh, like yeah. really loud noises, and we were we were sitting. They they did the, the, the orchestra. Blah, 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 yeah, that every kind of time the the time turner part. The Timmy Turner, yeah. Yeah, whenever the Timmy Turner came about, and my heart would like beat the A same. A lot of heavy bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the lights would flicker, and it made my eyes like dizzy. <laughs> yeah, you really shouldn't have watched this all. Um, from a non yes, as a non Harry Potter head, yeah, go on. Uh, I won't talk about the people that were there or any of the other things. You I'm sure there's a lot of Potterhead people listening. There were a lot of kids. There were some kids. Okay, but there it, but <laughs> it was very clear they weren't. It wasn't like <laughs> how do I put this? Oh Lord! No, it wasn't like the parents brought the kids because the kids were into Harry Potter. The parents brought the kids because the parents made their kids get into Harry Potter. Yeah. Isn't there was that no how kid you that was in there was no parent well there was okay, maybe the people in front of us, the, the adult of that wasn't into Harry Potter. Yeah, but all he the other was kids, he was like on his phone. <laughs> all the other kids that were like, Oh, Harry Potter the parents were very much like this worked. They got my kids into the thing They're that the I ones love. in the hoodies and the Right. Hey, that's good. That's a bonding experience. Sure. You never yes. bought could you say that you bonded with your parents over a book? No. No. Music, yes. <laughs> um Anyway, what I'm I'm not gonna touch on any of that because it seems like punching down, and I'm just like bashing nerds, and I'm not about to bash nerds. You're a nerd. Anyway, I, so what we, I will say, yes, is uh, the show itself. I felt it was enjoyable, but it was very much like I think, as opposed to some other uh, theater shows, <laughs> you need. Oh yes, because you're such a no theater. No. Hear me out. Go and I, you said this too. What like. You need to be a Harry Potter fan yes. to appreciate that show fully. Yes. If you didn't want, if you don't know anything about Harry Potter and you go to that, 
you have to like, go in knowing happened? characters already because right. this is not this is not like a whole new story. It is a whole new story, but it's sure. not a whole new story. It's a continuation. Yeah, it's a continuation. Like exactly. if, if you go in there and you don't know what a Dementor is, <laughs> like they're not going to explain it to you. No, they're not. They're not going to explain Voldemort. They didn't explain Voldemort at all. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, the whole history of Harry's, like, parents and stuff like that. Right. It's just kind of like, oh, this is stuff that everybody here – like, there's a lot of uh, understood knowledge yes. in history. Yes. Um, well, all of us are into the lore. Right. But that lore is not – and see, that's the problem I have with a lot of current – I'm not going to go off. But, like, this is go the problem off, I have. boy, go off. Like, this is the same issue with Marvel movies or with – uh, the Star Wars movies or any of these like <laughs> massive um, franchises is they don't function very well as standalone things. Like if if you had somebody that woke up from a coma, right? And you're like, hey, w- this is the most popular movie of last year, or like whatever, and it happens to be a Marvel movie. They're gonna be like, wait, who are all these people, and why am I assumed to understand and know? Like, not only are they sequels, but they don't function as standalone movies. I feel that way when you put like these movies all have like Easter eggs. Yeah, and if you don't know, then you right. Then it you don't know, and so I'm over here googling like. Uh, Iron Man Easter eggs well, or something like that. An Easter egg is supposed to be a little treat for somebody <laughs> watching the movie who, who is a big fan of the like source material. Yes. An Easter egg is not supposed to be like, oh, this movie was good because of the Easter eggs. If a movie is good because of all the Easter eggs, it's not a good movie. Yeah. You are just a fan of the material. Yes. Which is different, and so that's fine. then you read the comics. Right? I don't wanna. <laughs> I wanna. I wanna go for like two hours, watch a movie, mindlessly watch a movie, and peace out. Yeah, that's it. Speaking of movies, we watched another thing last night. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you want to nerd out, we can do it right here. But we watched. This is the first anime movie I watched in theaters. I think. No, I don't we think watched Dragon Ball. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> You're right. I totally forgot about that. Oh, okay, dearie. sorry. We watched Dragon Ball. I was like trying to think if I watched Spirited Away in theaters, mm. but I don't think I did. I watched at least a Pokemon movie. Oh, duh. Yeah. I watched the first Pokemon movie in the theaters. Yeah. Duh. The one with um, Mewtwo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you you watched this. Oh, yeah. Too? I had the hieroglyphic Mew card that I got from the theater. From oh, Bren- yeah. From Brendan 16 in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we watched the Rest Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie, which yes. is a prequel to the Jujutsu Kaisen season one. Yes. Um. And it was enjoyable, too. Did you like it more than Harry Potter? Yeah. I also <laughs> thought, even though that, you know, anime historically is something that is very lore-based. Mm-hmm. And if you're, it's very difficult. There is a barrier of entry that you have to have understanding of certain things. I feel like this did a pretty good job of being a standalone. Like, this could function as somebody's entry into Jujutsu Kaisen. Well, it is. It's a prequel. Right. But it's a prequel. It's yeah. not the first entry of the the material. I would think from Somebody our perspective... Somebody can watch this movie and get into Jujutsu Kaisen yes, from it. And from there, yes. And then, but what happened is the opposite, right? We watched the first season and then went to the movie. But yeah. either or, like, it both works yeah. back and forth. You're right. It's true. Yeah, I, I think if you watched the movie, you would get, like, obviously, and I said this uh, after it, it finished, that I think it would function better as a full season mm-hmm. where they can kind of take it a Flesh little bit slower out. for certain yeah. things but if you just watch the movie then you get the understanding of like the basics that you need mm-hmm. like you get you know who all the characters are you're like okay this is cool this is like here's the lore mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah here's <laughs> the lore and you can lay the lore out in under two hours yeah 
Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine all those classic movies that are out there that people, you know, say are Beginning, fantastic movies. middle, and end. That are under two hours, and they don't take, you know, four or five movies to build a story. And there's character development still? Yeah. <laughs> it's wild that you can do that. I know. I don't think you could do that anymore. No, because I think, number one, people Action. want... Action. Every, everything has to be a franchise. Yeah. Because it has to have a return on the investment. Yeah. Uh, and number two, um, people think that consumers are stupid. <laughs> so they're like, it's going to take five movies for you to understand this story about Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I get it. He's like, you know, a spoiled and rich kid. And okay, and sorry, I have to go back because like, it's like, like, here's a story of Iron Man, but it's like, but then they do it over, they reboot it to, yeah. to here's another story of Iron right, Man. Right, right. But also, they reboot it, but then l- they like... Like, this is, Spider-Man did this, right? Where they reboot Spider-Man, and they're like, okay, but all that, like, backstory about what Spider-Man is, how he got all his powers, we're just going to assume you know that, uh, and then we're just going to take off from there. Like, what the hell? You're going to reboot it and not even do an entry? But also, I don't need to see a bunch of movies about Spider-Man, about Peter Parker getting bit by a fucking spider. Bit by a spider, and Uncle Ben dying. Right. And, and the same thing with great Batman. power responsibility. Now it's just like we're gonna well, assume well, you understand the background. So any Batman movie, I don't think shows his parents' death. I right. think or there's like flashbacks to maybe his parents dying, but right. it's always him as adult, adult Batman. Spoiler alert! You know which one did show that? The Joker. The Joker. But they also retconned. Oh, the how, movie. Yeah, they also retconned how Batman's that? background, his story about how his parents died. And all the, so the, none of the Batman movies are attached to each other at all. No, it's all just like, <laughs> hey, hey, you fucking millennial like s- slop hounds, you love this, you love this character in these these uh, content mills. So why don't you just watch seven hundred different Batmans that all aren't connected? And it's all almost the same. It's all the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. and I none mean, of, of course, there's different, different like bad guys but then also we've already had a joker we've already had a two-face we've already had a a riddler oh they had the uh colin farrell penguin oh yeah wait is he in the movie or no i don't watch any of them i don't it's (laughs) it's too much i can't i'm not gonna watch a batman a year what is this (laughs) god give me give me original ip please what's ip intellectual property oh wow okay give me an original story (laughs) give me an original screenplay Yes, I'll give you God. one. Okay. <laughs> Tell the story right now. Do we want to talk about what we're into? <laughs> You've been waiting for this. You don't even like this segment, but you're like, yes, I've been joking. So, yeah. And it really fits in the theme of millennials and um, nostalgia and okay. lore. <laughs> okay. So, I was thinking about the this. The lore-isode. I was thinking about this. Uh so we recently, you got uh, roller skates. Yeah, I did. You've never roller skated before, so this isn't a nostalgia thing for you. What do you mean never? It wasn't like a hobby, but of course I've done it. Right, but it's not nostalgic for you. I had like, I had a a doll that had roller skates, okay. and she would skate to the Lombada. <laughs> but this isn't nostalgic for you. You don't have a deep connection to no. your history of roller skating. No, I don't. Uh, I don't know who the famous roller skaters are. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I was never into roller derby. I like that one movie, Whip It. Mm. But so, you got roller skates, and I, I figured I needed something similar, so I bought a skateboard for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, we went to a skateboard shop, a, a skate s- shop. A skate and smoke shop. Yes. 
And luckily there wasn't a lot of people there and there was like yep. a mom buying something for her kid or yeah. so it wasn't that bad. And I don't think we looked that old. No. So I I I kind of had this um I felt weird in there. Yeah, I felt I obviously it's it's, it's weird. It's like when in I go there. into Urban Outfitters now. Yeah. But I had a, a like every year I think at least once a year I think like man it would be cool to skateboard again. Mm-hmm. And like if you if you're sitting there listening to this and you've ever had a thought about like oh it would be cool to draw again or it'd be cool to write again or it'll be cool to anything you like to do as a kid you're like man I really enjoyed doing that uh, I I you I recommend well yeah most definitely I recommend getting back into it um, even if like you're never gonna be as good as you were or whatever like I had a moment where I thought if the last time I skateboarded is the last time I ever get on a skateboard mm-hmm. would I be okay with that. And the answer was? The answer is no. Yeah. So I've been skateboarding again. My my life right now is skateboarding, listening to hardcore punk, and watching wrestling, <laughs> and playing video games. Video games. Oh, my gosh, Steven. You're 16 again. Well, I, what I what – I, the way I've been explaining this to myself is I'm just doing To yourself? My, <laughs> are you I've trying to convince yourself? No, I've been doing my greatest hits. Like, these are the things <laughs> that make me happy. They always yeah. have. Why do I have to be like, yeah, that was something that used to make me happy, but – for some reason, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, no, fuck that. <laughs> if there's ever something you enjoy doing and yeah. you feel like you had to outgrow it. Preach. Don't. Just do it anyway. Like, you're going to die. <laughs> and like Life's too short. This is the millennial thinking, Steven. Right. Right. Do sure. what makes you happy because everything else sucks. Do what makes you happy. Do what has always made you happy. Uh, as long as it's not hurting anyone. Right. And, like, I, I did realize that. If I'm going to do, like, especially if it's something physical, mm-hmm. and you know you're a millennial, maybe you're, yeah, you're entering your thirties, uh, you are on a timer here. You might not like this is probably the last decade that you're comfortably going to be able to get back into some of these things. Jeez. Not to say that you can't do this later I can on. Skate when I'm in my sixties. But that's the thing. You can skate when you're in your sixties, but it's going to be a lot harder to learn. Or how to relearn how mm-hmm. to do that in your 60s. Like, I could probably still skate into my 50s right now if I keep going. If I stop. Like, it was already hard getting on the board the first time. Like, I was able to snap back into it, which was very gratifying. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the first hour or two that I got on a skateboard, I was like, oh, this is... I don't feel comfortable at <laughs> all. And, like, I can only imagine if I did that in my 40s. I mean, you were complaining a lot. You're like, oh, my feet hurt. My, my shoes, shoes were too, too tight. Okay. First they were too loose. Then they were too tight. Oh, these trucks are loose. Oh, these trucks, trucks are too tight. Trucks were very loose. <laughs> the trucks were very loose. I always used to skate on tight trucks. Okay? <laughs> but, like, now I've, I've gotten, I feel comfortable on a skateboard again. And, like, that's, I mean, it's such a good feeling. I mean, you're rocking it, man. You're doing a good job. I've seen you land some stuff. And it's such I a mean, good you're feeling. exhausted I'm after exhausted. five minutes. Yeah, I just piss you're like panting and sweating, (laughs) which it's just it's I I don't know. I was so much more concerned. And I think this is the case for a lot of people when they're younger that like you have this pressure put on you that you have to everything you're doing when you're growing up has to be leading to something. Mm -hmm. So me like you have to make a career out of it or. Right. I would get so upset if I was skateboarding and I was like, oh, man, I'm not as good as some of the other people that I skateboard with. Uh, even though that, like, I was fine. I was probably pretty decent. But, like, it, I, I had concerns at, when I was, like, 13 about, like, well, is it even, does it matter to skateboard if I'm not going to be able to go pro? I feel that about a lot of the things that I'm dabbling in. 
Right. Like, is it going to matter if I can't, if I'm not going to be the biggest thing in the fucking world? It almost feels like you're wasting your time doing this if you're not making any money off of it or making. But that's such a fucked up mindset. Like, I could be using this time to be doing something else that would be lucrative for me. I'm, I think that's a terrible way it's of thinking. horrible. And that's the poison of capitalism <laughs> is that you feel like everything that you do has to be financially beneficial. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a fucking lie. Like, I love playing music with my friends and I love skateboarding. There was a point where you wanted to make money off it. And I still think you want to make I money still, off I still, I would be happy to make money off of any of the things I do. But I don't want to, I don't want that to be the sole driving factor as to why I do these yeah. things. Yeah. Like, I it want to do It takes the fun out of it. Yeah. It becomes a job at that point. Right. So if, if you've ever had a hobby that you abandoned, that you used to love, do it again. And yeah. do it with the mindset of like, I enjoy doing this. Yes. I enjoy writing. I enjoy drawing. I enjoy taking pictures of things. Mm-hmm. I enjoy whatever it is. Playing video games. It doesn't, doesn't matter. I enjoy running. I enjoy taekwondo. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Do it again. Because if you enjoyed it once, you'll probably enjoy it again. There's probably a reason why you enjoyed it. And you don't have to make money doing everything. You shouldn't make money doing everything. Mm-hmm. You should the value add that it should be giving you is something that shouldn't be tied to your livelihood because then you feel like if it, if you can't live off of it, then you need to abandon it to do something else to like, no, you could have a job and you can have things that you love to do and they don't have to be the same thing. You could be like a motivational speaker, but then you can also be like somebody that totally brings people down. and Mm, and mm. That's like, that's you're like an emotional abuser. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you build people you can build people up just to tear them down again but like if you love games, doing that when you're a kid game. do that some more so back at the smoke shop or the skate shop i heard the i don't know if you heard the girl say because you were looking through skateboards but they're like oh they said something about the tenderloin and the girl's like oh yeah the tenderloin that's where my mom got addicted to meth and i was like oh god <laughs> what is happening and then when we were leaving there i'm like oh we were, we were like should we get some water some water or a drink yeah and he's like oh you guys Wait, are welcome me, to try it you go ahead the guy behind the counter um he was like oh yeah we actually have a CBD drink if that you could try if you want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, we we're talking about having a water, <laughs> dude. I don't. Wait, is CBD drink? Is that uh thirst quenching? I. It's probably like an like <laughs> I was gonna say it's like an energy drink, but it's like a tea probably that's infused with CBD, <laughs> so it'll like chill you out, man. Oh yeah, want to be chill, man. It's like no, I just, I gotta drive home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do the things that you love, man. CBD drinking. I guess if you love getting high, <laughs> get high. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, I almost should have. We should have just done it. We should have just taken the CBD drink. It would have been free. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'll take that. Whatever. And then we, <laughs> I, I could just imagine us coming home and sharing the CBD drink, and then feeling like we're both too fucked <laughs> up to do it. And then skateboarding and roller skating, which I'm terrible at, and it's scary, but I'm doing it you anyway. You haven't done it over the last couple of days. I haven't done it over the last couple of days just because y- I need room to yeah. skate, and you can do tricks in a, s- in a small, confined area. You're not skating around. You can skate in circles and get comfortable going left, and then you do some circles to the right. You need to get comfortable just being on the skate. Yeah, but like my leg... Um, stride is long i have long legs oh, and so one excuses. two and i'm like hitting the garage <laughs> the garage door this is another another one of your hobbies that'll end up in the <laughs> in the closet dashed no, away I'm, st- I'm doing it for exercise reasons 
Sure. Like you said, I'm not. I did not skate. It's, this is no nostalgia or a thing that I enjoyed when I was younger. I'm doing it because I saw someone get fit from it, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do that too. And I need exercise to be disguised. That's I fun. need it to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Like rock climbing. That one time that that I did it was fun, but I was sweating. I yeah. was tired, and I thought, wow, this could be good exercise if I just rock climb. Right. Right. But you would have to again. you have to go somewhere to do that. Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, like I would take like a dance class because dancing is fun, but then I'd have to go somewhere to do You'd that. Have to go somewhere. <laughs> I did yoga the other day, and that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was fifteen minutes of balancing on one leg. Very okay, difficult. one leg and then another leg. And then another leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, bouncing from leg to leg. Yeah. So skateboards and skates—that's what we're into now. Do the things you love. Yeah, that's that's a good way to end the show. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got to find a song. Um, Can I ask you a random question? Sure. What are your thoughts on emotional support animals? <sighs> I'm of two minds. Oh, are you? <laughs> I'm of two minds. Because <laughs> on one hand, like, do what makes you feel good. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you need it. But okay. Nah, I'm going to get into this. No, you have to be looking for another song. Uh, I can do both. Random. Um. I'm going to get into this a little bit. So I don't want to be one of those people who's like, eat fucking snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I've probably mentioned this on, on episodes before. I think we do need to be aware and, like, uh, kind to people in all of the trauma. I think everybody has a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. and we need to be kind about that. But I think there is also a responsibility of the person that has trauma to attempt to navigate and be comfortable with their trauma. I don't I should be kind to your issues, but I also shouldn't live my life around your, around your issues. Yeah. So if you have an emotional support animal because you need it, I think you need to do something to fix that. And that animal is not fixing it. That animal is a crutch. It's a crutch. Yeah. And like if it makes you feel good at home, sure. Like if it makes you feel more comfortable like to build your life around that, your Linus with his blanket, which is, you know, I don't know how many people get the reference to, <laughs> to, to Peanuts. Um, peanuts. Peanuts. You have to call it Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. <laughs> you can't just call oh, it Peanuts. I'm old. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I'm I'm okay with the emotional support animal, but em- emotional support animals used to be dogs and cats, and now pe- people are bringing peacocks on the airplane with Iguanas. them. Iguanas. Iguanas, <laughs> parrots, parrots on pe- on their shoulders. It's because people have they have this fucking main character syndrome. I have the trauma. Everybody needs to look at me, and everybody needs to address my shit by looking at my parrot. I have everybody hates the main characters too, you know. Right, they're annoying as shit because they all have this weird baggage that all the other characters have in the to show care about. Have to care about, yeah. and like, like I don't want to die for your your <laughs> your trauma. Yeah, like it's bullshit. I like. Do I, I have trauma, I have issues, and like I don't want other people to have to accommodate me because of the things I have to deal with. I have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And I think people have, like, we're getting to a point where people feel like they don't have to deal with their issues. They just have to have everybody live with their issues, which is not fair. Because then, like, that's ex- that's not fair to me. That's, that's more exhausting. Issues. Yeah. That I have to deal with. Your issues plus my issues plus the rest of the society's issues. Right. And it's not good for people because it's like if I And that's just only bring our mental health down even more. (laughs) If if you're walking through life with a significant amount of triggers, 
that's really dangerous for you mm-hmm. because like you life ain't life. sweet. Yeah, like yeah. It's, you're going to get triggered by things. You need to learn how to deal with them. And you need to learn how to like make sure those triggers aren't as triggering yeah. or that you can find a way to, yeah, to handle that. Or so, you just stay in the house and never leave. Which is not healthy. I don't want that for anybody. <laughs> no. I want people to be able to, to enjoy their lives because yeah. they're going to fucking die <laughs> because we're going to get involved in this war with Russia and Ukraine and then it, there's going to be nuclear fallout. Yes, yes. So you watch that anime movie. You get on those skateboards. Um, you, you watch your watch stupid Harry, Harry Potter, Potter shit. And you get into the lore because fuck, life is short. Play us out, baby. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to play a Zach Fox song. Called I hate you too. Uh, well, you'll you'll hear. What are you smoking? All my niggas fired up with emotion. Drill Scott live life like it's golden. Control all delete on my wrist, bitches frozen. I be going raw, Hulk Hogan. Bitch, I'll use heroin before I use Trojans. Ashy ass nigga, I don't never use lotion. Fucked her on a jet ski and nutted in the ocean. Wait. Nigga, hold up. You tryna smoke this amid? I just rolled up. I ain't vote, but the click in here pulled up. Nigga got beef, we gon' turn him into cold cuts. I'll put your bitch in this north face. I was in the suburbs, fucking on divorces. Fuck 12, bitch, I wear some Crocs to a court date. Throw that ass on me so hard that the floor break. Never let the money change me.